This is Bernard Hiller, and welcome to the Actor's Guide to Success podcast. I'm an acting coach, I have a school here in Hollywood, and I hold acting masterclasses in over 20 countries around the world. I'm also a producer, screenwriter, and author of the acting and success book, Stop Acting, Start Living. We are storytellers, we are people who can actually make a massive difference to other people's lives. You have to be studying as an actor like you were studying to be an Olympic swimmer. I've been teaching actors all over the world for the past 20 years, and I've discovered that there are millions of artists who study their craft but never learn how to succeed in their profession. Don't wait around. Like, make it, you know, I, I just always encourage people to take control. Any chance you can to keep acting, whatever you do, it's going to help. You're going to improve. My mission with this podcast is to inspire you and give you the tools you will need to live the life you always wanted. On this show, we will meet incredible personalities from show business and Academy Award-winning guests who will share their secrets so you can use them on your journey. Welcome to the Actor's Guide to Success podcast. I'm Bernard Hiller. I've noticed that there's a lot of talented people in Hollywood and also around the world who simply don't know what they need to do next to succeed. That's exactly why I created this podcast. In the upcoming episodes, we're going to have incredible experts from the entertainment industry, directors, writers, managers, agents, and casting directors that will share their knowledge and insight so you can use them on your journey to your success. Before I introduce you to our next special guest, please subscribe to our podcast and leave us your comments. You can write directly to me at podcast at bernardhiller.com. So, in this episode of The Actor's Guide to Success, we're talking to Oscar-winning writer Brian Curry. Brian Curry was an actor who decided to take control of his own destiny by becoming a producer and writer, and he hit the jackpot by winning two Academy Awards for Best Picture of the Year and Best Screenplay for The Incredible Green Book. Brian talks about creating our own opportunities, which is what each and every one of us must do. Create our own opportunities. He has the heart of an actor. He has the passion of an actor. He's an actor who became a writer, and he will tell you his very amazing story. I am honored to spend some time with him, and I'm really uh, so pleased that you would come here on a Saturday afternoon to share your gift with the one and the only incredible masterclass, Mr. Brian Curry! Thank you. Hey, no, no, you. Bernard. I mean, come on, really. Thank you so much. Come on, come on. Bernard, Bernard, it's for Bernard this time. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. I appreciate that very much. Uh, Great. What a energy. I love this. It's energy. I really, it's fantastic. As I, I was telling uh, Brian, uh, we have 45 actors from uh, 19 countries and one actress who is so amazing just flew in today from London, right? For the, I flew in. I got here, yes. But from where? From London. From London. Yeah. Just to, Thank just you. to catch the last two days. Wow, this is great. So wow. this is a type of devotion. These, these are really the future stars, and that's why I want them to be 
in a place where they could be appreciated. And so that is great. Well, you know, you are fantastic, Bernard. And you've been a supporter of ours since the beginning. I mean, he knows everyone in Hollywood. Honest to God, he knows every single person in Hollywood. And thank God he loved our movie and was so nice. Uh, I wrote we, didn't, we were in trouble. <laughs> no, no, you're being much too kind. You had an incredible film. I think Green Book is, is an important film. It's a film about passion. It's a film about understanding each other. And, you know, we need a movie like that. You, we, you. It opened people's hearts. And if you open people's hearts, they're available to understand each other more. Well, thank and, you very and much. And we're all the same, and, and that's what you do. So tell us a little bit about your journey, uh, starting as an, as an actor, obviously. Wow. So tell us, uh, because you had a very... Well, uh, I, what's your journey? You well, know, my journey, I, I went to college, and after college, I did the old, you know, travel around the world with the backpack. Oh. And, uh, but I always, my aunt and aunt that always pushed me to want to get into the movie business. And I always had in the back of my head that I was going to be an actor. And uh, so I went around the world for five years, and I came back. And I wanted to know, you know, I, I, I took acting classes in college, but nothing dramatic, nothing great. I mean, I just, I just wanted to know I could put one foot in front of the other and memorize lines and things like that. <laughs> then when I got back, uh, I said, okay, this is the time. I went to Emerson College for a while and, you know, and learned, it took some great classes there. And decided I'm going to uh, California. I'm going to make it. And what happened is uh, my father got cancer. I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be sides. I love the guy. Now I'm, ha- I'm staying here until the last gun is fired. And he was, uh, I was 25 at the time. He died when I was 28. So then I said, okay, after 28, I'm going back to, uh, I'm going to California. That's a little late, you know, to start your acting career. I had no money. And I would recommend anybody who decides that this is it, and I think you've all decided this is it. Set yourself up better than I did. <laughs> you know, honest to gosh. Uh, you know, didn't know anybody. The car was breaking down on the way out. Uh, one of those, t- just a, not a great, it was, it was a great idea to come, and my passion was to come out here. But I had, I mean, I just wasn't prepared yeah. at all. I mean, nothing. The, the, it was a mess. And so, as a result, I worked every single odd job you can think of for eight years. And, um, and I would say this, I didn't, and I would do small parts, I'd do soap operas, which was great, and I did some small parts in movies, which was great. I took Jack Costlin's acting class, uh, only because he was Clint Eastwood's acting coach way back in the Universal Studios days, yeah, old guy, great guy. What was his name? Uh, Jack Costlin. And he used to tell me all the stories about how Clint couldn't remember lines and how he got him to do that, and, and how sometimes when Clint would be embarrassed in front of the class, he'd make it worse and have him come out in a, uh, a, a woman's, uh, like a, his, uh, uh, his grandmother's nighty type thing, honest <laughs> to God, just to make him more embarrassed. Like, you think you're embarrassed saying lines? Wait till you wear this outfit. <laughs> and, and, and it was pretty funny. And he, told, he told me also he was allergic to horses, which I didn't know that, Clint. He, Clint's allergic to horses. He, and he fakes it pretty well. There's an actor for you. There's an actor. Um, and he was thus head of uh, casting uh, for Clint Eastwood, the Mel Paso Productions, for 17 years. Great guy. Then I took Third Street Theater and everything else. And you know what I fell prey to as I take a drink of water here? Uh, take a deep breath in, everybody. Is. I like that. I could use that right now. I'm sweating like I'm operating on the Pope over here. Tissues? We have some tissues back there? Do you have any tissues? Uh, but... Uh, what was I going to say? 
what I fell prey to is I didn't, and sometimes it happens as a writer as well, I, you, get, you have to get up there and do it. I mean, I was the guy that kind of was at the back of the class, never, never like, letting everyone else do it, kind of afraid to get up there and throw myself out there. Uh, also, uh, uh, e even auditions, even for auditions, you know, I'd be, I'd, I'd be like, you know what, I, you know, uh, I, I walk out sometimes because I wasn't confident in sometimes in, in the material that I was, you know, good enough to do it. Don't do that. Whatever you do, don't be that person that uh, you get up there, make a fool of yourself if you have to. Who cares? I mean, just get up there and do it. I, I remember uh, during the filming of Green Book, when I saw we, the, the exercise you just did uh, was standing. And it's amazing um, what can be conveyed with no dialogue. And I'm a writer, and of course you want your, the people to know the dialogue. Right, of course. But at the same time, so much is said. Vigo and Mahershala never even saw each other for the first 10 days of that shoot. They were in the back seat. Vigo was in the front seat. And as far as acting is concerned, they never looked at each other. They had to listen to each other. The rearview mirror was actually a camera. So he wasn't really looking back at him, seeing what his reaction was. It was just them reacting to, listening to what they were saying and reacting to what, it was, what they were saying. And it was amazing. The first thing they actually saw each other face to face was uh, um, in the diner when he was sitting there going, Orpheus in the Underworld. That was the first time that they actually did a, a scene face to face. Wow. But anyways, uh, so I, I realized uh, after a while that I couldn't pay the bills uh, acting. I couldn't because I just didn't prepare myself well enough. So I started writing and I, and I, I was lucky enough to sell a whole bunch of screenplays. And, uh, yeah. Who was your agent then? Did you have an agent? I had no agent. I, I, had, I, I had no agent. I had no agent until the Academy Awards. Just in case you think you need an agent. Right? And now we have Verb, they're fantastic. <laughs> but if you're just chasing around agents, what was that, sweating, yeah? No, if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a scalpel, you know? Well, well, well Mr. Teresa. If you need it, because you look so beautiful. Oh, thank you, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that it's an amazing thing. There is, uh, on a side note, there's the Emmy Awards that just came out. And uh, everybody wants an Emmy Awards. And there are three people who wanted an Emmy Awards who are in the Game of Thrones. But the agency, uh, the HBO, I think, is it HBO? Didn't put their name up for nomination. So three actors put their own names up for nomination, paying $250 for a possibility, and they both, all three of them got nominations. And that's what happened to Be you. Be proactive that was on your own career. No I mean, one. I mean, you didn't have an agent. Right. But you know what? When he's unstoppable. Now, what kind of things did you sell before? What type of genre did you write? Well, luckily, I, uh, I wrote, uh, the first thing I wrote was a, uh, a movie very similar to uh, uh, Ocean's Eleven before Ocean's Eleven, the remake of Ocean's Eleven. I sold it to Paramount Studios, a guy named Jim Jacks, good man. And then I wrote a horror movie, uh, uh, kind of a monster movie, uh, also for Paramount Studios, for Dwayne Johnson. And, and Dwayne actually came to me. He was an awesome guy, fantastic guy. And he had not quite broken yet. So he's like, I'd love to do this movie. I'm like, I'd love to have you in this movie. He was still a wrestler at the time. And what happened is he got into the system. He did, uh, he did uh, Scorpion King. Oh, that's a very good one. And we remain friends to this day. And every time we see each other, we're like, when am I going to do your movie? However, 
uh, he just took off on a straight shot. So the first two was uh, for Paramount. Uh, then I wrote one with Scotty Rosenberg, a good friend of mine. In fact, I'm officiating his wedding uh, in Martha's Vineyard. And you're officiating meaning that you're... I'm up there. Are you like a priest or something? Yeah. Oh, is that what you're doing? Yeah. I'm going to tell him, though. I'm going to say, listen, Scotty, I know that if I... I overheard you tell your wife that if I don't make it past the Golden Globes, we're sticking with the rabbi. I see. That's I what see. I'm going to say. But no, he's, he's a great friend of mine. I and he, he's been fr he, I've been friends of, of his uh, before he sold the script. And now he did Beautiful Girls, then he did Con Air, and then he did Gone in 60 Seconds, and now he has wow. eight TV shows, and he's one of the most successful guys around. Wow. But he's just a gem. So I'm going out there uh, August 17th, Martha's Vineyard. Martha's Vineyard. Uh, you know, there's so many projects that you're working. What are you working on right now? What are some of the you're, some things that you're doing right now? Uh, I was lucky enough to uh, executive produce uh, Vigo's movie that should be great. I, he's just such a talented guy. He's it's uh, the first time he directed. First time he's directed. He also wrote it. It's called Falling, and he's uh, in London right now editing it. And I can't wait to see it. I mean, I can't wait to see it all put together. I was on the set. And where did they shoot that? Uh, t Toronto. Uh huh. And a little bit in, in Venice. Um, so I'm also writing a screenplay with uh, Peter Farrelly. We're getting the band back together. And uh, we're doing a movie for Skydance and Paramount Studios, which is a big Vietnam epic movie. Hope, and uh, with, Pete, uh, with another guy named Peter Jones, who's a very talented writer. Uh, he did Hall Pass. Funny guy. Very funny guy. Talented guy. Um, and, uh, when I, oh, and I'm also doing a movie um, that I wrote with a friend of mine, Conrad Goody, in Mexico, uh, and it's a heist movie. And it's going to be an action movie, and there's going to be a lot. It was going where to be do all these ideas come from that you can... Where do, they, where, where, where do you think the creativity well, comes from? Uh, I would say living life, you know? Just, I mean, every, every one of you has ten great stories in you, no question about it. And, and if you can fine-tune those into four really great ones, you know, you can, you know, write them down. You know, if you live life, and, it's, and, and sometimes it's great, and sometimes it's difficult, and when it's difficult, it's just that's as important. It's a good story. It's a better story. It's a better story. If it's difficult, that's a, that's a drama. Right. That's a drama. Uh, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what are three things you would recommend actors to do if they came here? What, what is your piece of advice for wow. people okay. who are starting? Uh, a lot of these people are not starting, but they are starting in L.A. for the first time. And, um, but what would you think that actors should do that sometimes they don't do? What are three pieces of advice you would give somebody? I would say a few things are, uh, a couple of them are um, prioritize. You know, don't waste your time. Prioritize. And, and, and you, never, you never step on anybody, but sometimes with friends you have to step over them if they're not prioritizing. You know, you'd like to, you know, nobody can do 100% of, you know, like if you're doing four different things, you can't put 100% into every one of those things. You know, you're gonna, something's gonna be lacking. And if it's not your career, then what are you doing, right? Yeah. I mean, that's why you're here. So prioritize. Wake up in the morning and just say, what's the most important thing I can, it, besides, the most important thing is friends and family. I mean, the family, really. I mean, that's the most important thing. So if your mother's sick, my mother got sick and I went home, stayed in Boston for eight years. The reason why is you got one mother, you have one family. You have one wife or husband. Just, you know, that's a priority. But it's career-wise, go on the pecking order and say, what's going to help me? My acting class is going to help me, you know. 
uh, studying my lines is going to help me. Or I could go out with my friends. Well, okay. okay. Go out with your friends and then, you, you know. Then One second, how is that going to help you? It's not going to help you. No, it's not going to help you. What's going to happen is you're gonna, there's going to be a group of people trying in their beer about why things didn't work out. Right. You know, so. It's a business, too. A lot. It's, it really is it's called show business. Yeah. And if you don't run the business like a business, you're going to be out of business. Yeah, quickly. Yeah, quickly. I, I would say it's almost more business than show sometimes once yeah. you start Absolutely. Get down to the nitty-gritty. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know what? I found, and, and I was lucky, work with nice people. Mm-hmm. Really, it's a co- very collaborative business. You're going to be in each other's face. Uh, I mean, working with Bernard, would, I mean, it doesn't get better than this. You're in the right, you're in the right room. Oh, yeah. That's a great start. But try to work with nice people. Because if you're like this all the time, nothing creative comes of that. You, know? you, you are working with one of the people that were here with us the last time. Uh, who honored us, Peter Farrelly. Mm-hmm. Great. He's one of the best guys He's of all just, time. We just fell in love with him. And uh, he brought us to Academy Awards. He was right after he won. Yep. Uh, we were just so honored by him and his generosity. So it's no wonder you guys are the same because you, because you always attract who you are. Not who you want to be. You tracked who you are, and you are one of those type of same, same, well, it's, same it, cloth. It, it, everyone, you know, luckily uh, you know, with Viggo Mortensen, with Mahershala Ali, with Pete, uh, with uh, Linda Cardellini, you couldn't have got nicer people. I mean, everybody was so nice and supportive and would st- spend extra time. We didn't even want to leave. Like, we'd shoot 16-hour days, and then we'd all want to hang out together <laughs> and, and talk about how to kick up the next scene or... You know, it's amazing when you, when you deal with actors like, uh, like those, like those three. The first thing they, they are, they're always prepared. I mean, they come, and being a writer, I love when I hear the lines come out effortlessly. And then if you need to, if they're so secure in their lines that if you have to change one, they can just, it's, it's like a computer, I can't believe it. Take that out, put this in, boom, it happens, you know. And yet, they're in the moment enough to... Like, rehearsally getting out of the car, the whole set's blocked off. But what? He's checking for traffic, you know? Even though there's no traffic, the whole street's blocked off. But he's, what would he do if he was getting out of a car? He'd be checking for traffic, you know? Or, or, or uh, you know, kind of reminded me of that thing you just did with standing up with no legs. You always have to be in the moan. Uh, when rehearsal threw the, the, the bones out the window, that's all him. You know? He, I mean, there's an script. that up? Well, we, it's throw it out the window. But he threw it out like he was, like, releasing all his energy out to the world, right? I mean, what a decision. No, the idea is that he was doing something big. Well, that's a very important moment. That's, the, that's just every moment is important. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I've been trying to get him to come here, so I'm working on that. He's awesome. Yeah, he's really good. I he is just such, I mean, he and his family are so nice. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's got to be one of the nicest guys in the oh, planet, absolutely. if not the. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. He so hard work. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yep. That's why so he's a busy guy, and he's, he's getting, now he's doing Blade, yeah. which is great. Yeah, I just got pulled into Blade, which is fantastic, and he's just a super guy. Uh, just a super guy. Can't get. It just makes you smile when you see him. You know, and Vigo as well. And you know they have different. They have different ways of, of of approaching it. I mean, Vigo is is, you know, he's massively intense and running around and thinking of new ideas. And, and, and Vigo's in his. I mean, Mahershal is in his trailer. You know. Getting zen, and you know, don't tell. I got it. Don't, don't you know? No one talk to me. I got it. And he goes in there and kills it. You know, and Vigo kills it too, but from a different angle. Vigo was really spectacular. Isn't he great? Spectacular. Yeah. Let's hear it for Vigo Morganson. Yes. 
Yeah. You, you know, initially he didn't want to do it. Initially he didn't want to do it. And, and, and I understand. Yeah, because he, you know, uh, he's not Italian. Right, of course. And uh, he was like, there's some great <laughs> Italian actors. And you know, you know half of them. I know half of those guys, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Pete and I drove to his house in Idaho. In, in Idaho. Or, uh, we drove, drove there. From LA? We actually had even worse. We drove there from Massachusetts. Oh, wow. I know. You ran out of money? What? Uh, no, no. <laughs> Pete, loves, Pete, uh, Pete loves to uh, uh, t like, t take cross country trips before he does he movies. Likes, he he just loves to clear his head. And we had so many laughs, and Pete's such a funny guy and a great guy that we were just laughing and joking and listening to Don Shirley music the whole way. And we actually picked the, so the song selection as we were driving cross country. And then we got into. Uh, to Vigo, and it's just exactly what you'd expect. It was the first time I had met him, and he lives in a gigantic cabin in cabin. Idaho. Cabin, but it's 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 one floor, but it's got a seventy-foot ceiling. It's nuts, <laughs> and it's got a tree growing in the middle of it. It's like something out of the it's like yeah, a, it looks like a church, right man. out of the Hobbit, oh, right? You, you can see. And, and what and what did you say to him? That what did you say when you met him? You know what? We took a walk in the woods, <laughs> the three of us, a couple of punches. Let me change your mind for you. Let me change your mind. You want to mess with Vigo? Who are you going to mess with that guy? Let me let me change your mind with Aragon. You don't mess with Aragon. And uh, <laughs> we went over. You know, Pete particularly was speaking about how because uh, Vigo could speak fluent Italian. In fact, his Italian is speaks fluent Italian. He speaks eight languages. Vigo, wow. fluent like like nothing. I mean, it just goes like this. And uh, so Italian, his Italian was almost too pretty. You know, it wasn't like street Italian from New York. He was like, you got to tone it down. You sound like, <laughs> you know, Paparotti. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he, and uh, he knew he had to put on weight because he's such a lean guy and he's very meticulous about his health, you know. And um, it's funny, we came across, we, there was a, uh, uh, there's grizzly bears out there. And you see grizzly bear droppings everywhere. I go, hey, listen, Vigo, are there really? He goes, there are. And he said, and it's pretty serious. If you see one, don't Good move. Luck. Good luck. And I said, if I see one, I have the idea. We're going to push Pete down, and you and I run to the cabin. <laughs> the last guy, first guy you can get, they'll, they'll yeah. Pete's, Pete's very tasty. Yeah, he's, he's the director. All right, don't leave us alone. So, but otherwise, but we talked him into it. It wasn't that hard, but he was uh, hesitant because he's so respectful of other Italian actors, you know. And then he put on 45 pounds. During those, during the, like the chicken scene, he ate 13 chicken breasts. Oh. During the hot dog scene, he ate 18 hot dogs. Oh. In real life. Yeah. He ate 18, 18 hot, dogs. hot dogs. Just jamming them in his face. <laughs> if you look full, he was full. You know, he sat down and went, come on, Dolores. He's full. He's full of hot dogs. Mm, there's commitment right there, right? Yeah. He's a very special guy. Oh, I I've love heard. him. I love that guy. I Everybody really seems to love him. And Marissa. And, and someone like Linda Cardellini, how great is she, right? She's wonderful. And yeah. talking about in the moment, when she was reading that letter and, and, and the tear falls down, I mean, all the people around the set and all the people behind the camera and the room full, it was freezing too that day. She had a vicious cold. And to have her read that letter and then have that just tear come down, she's so, all of a sudden she phased everything out and she's really reading a letter from her husband in her mind. And it was beautiful, wasn't it? Yeah. So the acting is extraordinary. Yeah. It's effortlessly. Uh, you put. You seamlessly put a beautiful script together. It just has everything. Thank you, you can never get tired. I think a movie from twenty years from now, we're going to be talking about Green Book. I hope so. Thank no, you. absolutely. Yeah. We're ready for any a sequel, Blue Book, anything. <laughs> <laughs> Blue Book. Yeah. All the books now. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I know. Yeah.
We can do that. Just, Why not, uh, right? I don't know. Yeah, hey, <laughs> what about blue books? Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be great. It's <laughs> you know. going to be tough to get those actors again. I mean, they're just so busy. Yeah. yeah, we just kind of keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, what keeps you so positive? What do you... What keeps you motivated to? Well, I will say this. Uh, I, again, part of the, my philosophy is being around nice people. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when you're around nice people, you're in a good mood. Mm-hmm. And if you're, you know, if you're around negative people, they can put you in a negative mood. I mean, here's the thing. And I, I, I've said this to so many people uh, when I was working nightclubs and everything else. We picked the job, entertainment that everyone in the world wants to do. I, I, I've got friends who are doctors, lawyers, and, these, and I love them all. But you know what? They'd like to be right where you are right now because it's that enjoyable when it's working. It's that fun. It's that great. I mean, it really is. So, you know, that's why it's easy to be when you're around nice people. What's the best piece piece of advice you've ever been given? Hmm. Uh, You know, it's interesting. I was working a restaurant in Beverly Hills way back when, 25 years ago. And a gentleman came up who was a big producer at, uh, at Paramount Studios. And I asked him, I said, uh, uh, you know, his name was Bill. I'll just give his first name, Bill. Bill, geez, you know, how am I going to make it in this business? And he said, you have, what you have in common with everyone else is everybody is scared. Everybody's scared. You're scared you're going to be working, you know, this restaurant for the rest of your life, right? And, and, uh, you know, a big producer, he was one. I'm scared that my next movie's going to fail and everyone's going to... And so I'm scared. I'm just scared on a different level, but we're scared. So know that everyone's scared. So when you walk in a room to audition or whatever you're doing, you know, They're people scared. want you to do good. Right. <laughs> they want you to do good, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He also said that he was the one who coined the phrase, um, don't ever step on somebody, but sometimes you have to step over and the reason why is because some people don't take it as serious as you do. Yeah. Right. You, know? you have to be with the right group. There's a saying which is you don't go higher than the group you're in. And so the, that's who you surround yourself is where you're going to go. If you're with people who are not doing that much, you're not going to be doing that right. much. Absolutely. I mean, you have high achievers that love art. Pete is this passionate man. Fantastic So guy. it's just bouncing off. Believe yeah. me, I want to be in the car right next time. <laughs> you will be. I'm ready. You I, will, I, I will want be. to go. I'm not ready to go. I'm ready to go. I love adventure, and I think you're, you're ready for the adventure. Oh, I love it. I, I, love I wake up happy every morning only yeah. because I'm doing what I love. Yeah. But, you know, there's a lot of times you're sitting there looking at the ceiling going, oh, my God, what I do? <laughs> because, you know, you know, no one knows what the future holds. Everyone sit there and go like, I knew it was going to happen all along. They're lying. Yeah. They, no one knows what's out there, right? I mean, you, you hope. You just keep going and, and you, one foot in front of the other and you have a good positive attitude and prioritize and, and it'll work out. I mean, it really will. I, I'm living proof of it. <laughs> you are a living proof of many things, but can you tell us a little bit about the Academy Award experience? Mm-hmm. The night you're there, what it meant, what it meant to you, to your family. Uh, tell us, what was that like for you? Well, it's kind of what you see on TV, right? <laughs> it's... Uh, uh, it's as big an event. I mean, it's, it's, it, and the good news is, is if you're, if you're, I always said I wasn't going to the Academy Awards unless I got nominated. I had that in my head. Because yeah. I had, way back when, I had the opportunity to be a seat filler. And you know what? To be honest with you, I wish I was a seat filler then, too. Because <laughs> it would have been fun <laughs> being in that atmosphere. But, uh, but, you know, I brought my brother and his wife, and, and, and uh, it was just my girlfriend. It was fantastic. I mean, it was, I got everyone involved. I got my friends and it was just a, uh, 
It was a great experience. I mean, you get the red carpet, you know, and, and you get, it's just everything you expect, you know. But what was it like when they mentioned your name? I mean, that was, we were, you, you know, I was, I, I bet on you. I, I knew you were going to. Oh, you were the best, biggest supporter of yeah, I, I mean, really, honestly, I would see him, I'd see him in the, in the, during commercial breaks, and we'd be hugging it out, going, like, what do you think, what do you I think? I said, I think we're going to make it. I'm telling you, we're going to make and, it. And, you know, you're kind of nervous because you, you have. But you hope all of a sudden they call, and we call, and the winner is, you know. And then you've got to think of what you're going to say. Yes. <laughs> Did you, you have So what was that when they mentioned your name? Yeah, yeah, you know, it was great. You know, it's funny. We had, uh, I don't know if you caught the, uh, the Golden Globes. Yes. But the Golden Globes, we, we were lucky enough to win as writers and, and, and also the movie. And they just cut me off. I went up to the mic and did the right, biggest, right. The biggest fun, you know, the, the, the stupidest thing that you always expect is going to happen. I get up to the mic and they cut it off. Cut it, darkness. Oh. They do that. I decided I'm going to say something. And I, I said, uh, no big deal. There's always next year. <laughs> That's what I said. So I said, uh, so Bradley Cooper was sitting up front. He got a big kick out of that. Yeah. So the second time he won, I said, listen, if the big guy gets in front of me this time, tackle him. I got <laughs> I to say a few words. But then Pete did it. So now this time for the Academy Awards, we had decided that, listen, if we win, that, uh, you know, I'll get up first and, and speak. And, and that was the plan. However, there's a lunch before the Academy Awards, and they tell you exactly how much time you have. And I believe it's like 120 seconds from the second your name is mentioned. So if you fall down, if you run around, if you do, if you go in the other direction, you're out of luck. So as I was running up there, wow, he goes in the hallway like, and I knew I had to be first, and I know I get Nick and Pete hot on my tail, and I see uh, uh, Vigo like this, and he tackles me like, oh, like this. I go, okay, this 10 seconds. <laughs> Hug me later. Hug me later. <laughs> and then, uh, and then Mahershler as well. And it was great. And I'm like, uh-oh, I'm gonna have to tackle one of those guys. But everyone was very Boom. respectful. <laughs> <laughs> How funny would that have been? Yeah, football. You look like football. You'd be very. Yeah, I played football. In yeah, I got yeah, this. I so I could have done that. Yeah. Boom. Knock him over. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So how, did it, was great. so how did oh, it feel yeah. for you? Did you feel that it was a beginning of something or just a continuation that you've always been a success? You know what? It was... Because uh, I always felt you were a success when I met you. I appreciate that. Yeah. The, uh, you know what? I, I love it. I'm, I'm appreciative of it. And uh, it, it's... There's just so many things in life, you know, whether it's friends, relationships, uh, that are successes when, they're, when, when you meet people and stuff that... I'm, I gotta say, I'm happy as a clam. There's no question about it. Yeah. But you know, there's other things in life as well. Absolutely. No, it's not about the just getting the award. It's what it means to you and the acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. And it's really the work. It's never the award for anybody. I've never met anybody who wanted the award. Right. They wanted they wanted the great work to leave something behind. That's a, that's a, the most important thing I've ever noticed from anybody. People who sit there and say it's funny. I, I know some athletes, uh, professional athletes, and. They don't just sit there and say, um, uh, I want to be in the Super Bowl. They sit there and say, I want to work hard enough to run the uh, fast 40 and bench press this mm -hmm. and, and learn the playbook. Yeah. And then the Super Bowl comes because they prioritized. They learn, they learn their craft. Yeah. And if you sit there and say, uh, you know, I can't wait to get to the Academy Awards. Well, you know what I mean? You're taking a big leap. How about learning your part? How about, and no, you have to, I always talk about the fact that if you love to act, you'll work. If you just want to work, you'll never act. You have to wow. love. You love to have to love acting. Mm -hmm. If you love to act, then you'll get an award or don't, or you'll go because that's not. And in fact, some of the people that I know getting an award, you know, didn't really, you know, 
didn't change anything. I mean, didn't change anything. No. I mean, they just they still work because they love the craft of acting. Uh, you're such a writer. What piece of advice would you give writers? What What would you say if somebody wanted to start a writing career? How many people are interested in writing? Because yeah, I wrote my first film, and I want to know what is some of the piece of advice that you would give to somebody who wants to start writing? Well, they always say write what you know, and I do believe that. That helps. Totally. To, certainly to sell the first one. But also write what you enjoy so you don't wake up looking, you know, staring at the blank page like it's a homework assignment. Do you think it, they should take a, a writing course? What do you think about that? Well, you that? know what's interesting with me? I, I, when I came out here, uh, I, I, luckily I went to a decent college in, in high school, so I knew how to write. Like, I knew how to write, but not scripts. Right, right. And then I was working so many restaurants and stuff, and I was driving limos. I was doing it all that... But I didn't have the money to go to Columbia, you know, to go to, you know, screenwriting classes. Right, and right. some of my best you know, friends, like Scotty Rosenberg, BU, and then New York University. Right, right. So I just went to Barnes & Noble. And I read every single solitary book I could find on writing. I, I mean, I still have them. Stacked up, underlined a million times, you know. And reading them, I actually, you know, it's funny. I read them like, I get excited reading them. I really do. Like, wow, it's a great idea. In your head, you can think of ideas in your head as they tell you how to navigate things. And then nothing beats doing it. You got to do it. Do, would you say write with a partner or write alone? Because I, I, I wrote with a partner and that made all the difference for me. Yeah, I, I, would, bounce off. I, would, say, I would say you need to be able to write alone before you write with a partner. Because uh, okay. you have to have confidence in your stuff. Right. And don't be afraid. And this is something that can happen to actors too, I found. I found it with myself is you have to throw that bird from the nest and go, all right, I'm handing my script off. It could be terrible. But someone's got to read it. Someone's got to go, that stinks. Or that's great. But if you never, same with acting, like if you never go on auditions and you spend your whole time just faking it, you know, like, well, I got to, you know. And here's the thing I found out from my acting class, Third Third Street Theater, which they were very nice. But too many of the people never decided to get into the business. They decided to stay... Just in the show part. Well, just in the professional students. The professional students, exactly. Yes. And you could be a professional writer in your head, but right. never have a guest. No, there's a lot of, yeah, well, that's the thing. It takes courage to give what you, who you are. Yeah. And give. And then have someone artist. go, oh. Go, well, well, that's, that's what me. we, but that's the business. You right. Know, that's, that's, we're in that business. We are. Which, where, you know, you perform, they judge. But that's what you do in the movie, right? You're going to see a movie, you're going to like it, you don't like it. You see a Broadway show, you like it. I mean, that's our contract. That's right. I sing, you decide. And that's, that's, that's it. And it's a big guts. And, you know, for all you actors out there, it's, you know, with the, you know, the writers or producers or directors, I think of it like I just saw the trailer from Maverick, right? And I think of it like where we are, the writers and producers, we're kind of like the, uh, the aircraft carrier. But you guys are the ones, nothing happened. It, it, all, all the stuff we do, the writing and, and producing and getting the money together and everything else, it all comes down to you guys. It all comes down to who's in front of that camera. You know, we're back. Once that's all done and the money's done and the sets are built, and now it's like, oh, my God, it comes down to one person looking in the camera, you know. And you, win a, you, you die or you survive by, you know, that moment. Oh, that moment. Uh, you're also a producer. What, what piece of information would you give to people who want to start producing? What, what would you say... Uh, th- what are some of the skills of being a good producer? I would say, uh, it, for me personally, and there's, there's different people do different things, but be friendly to people, you know, like, uh, uh, thank God I've known Pete for all these years. Now, how did you meet Pete originally? 
Pete, <laughs> Pete was uh, doing, I forget what movie he was doing, uh, and uh, it was, in, and he's from, you know, he spends a lot of time in Boston, Martha's Vineyard, and I had friends in Martha's Vineyard. Ah, I see, that's what you mean. And so he would sit there and go, hey, Brian, what are you doing? And I go, nothing. He goes, hey, we, I'm doing uh, me, myself, and Irene. It'd be funny. You got a great laugh. Want to be in the scene? I go, sure. I come in, and, and, and you know, he's that's... He's very loyal that way. Oh, he's he? unbelievable. He's, he, I can't speak highly enough about Peter or no, Bobby. No, no, no. They just, they're very loyal. They just put him in the movie and then try to find something else. And by the way, my favorite part of Green Book are not the two guys you mentioned. Actually, the last scene of the movie, you see this man. Mm. He's the cop going, chuk, 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 everything okay? <laughs> that's <laughs> Brian Curry. <laughs> <laughs> That's you. The yeah, cop yeah. Going, and you know, it's funny. Uh, we, we did that was the shortest day on the set, right? So I go, Pete. Cut. Cut. So, so, uh, so you said, hey, we need a cop, and you said, I'll do Pete it. Pete says, um, so there's dead silence behind the camera. You know, there's 200 people back there, but it's, you can't see anybody back there. And it's just Mahershala and I and Vigo in front. And Pete goes, cut. He goes, jeez, you know, that was pretty good. <laughs> and I go, uh, maybe I should be a cop. And he said, it's not, it's not too late. Which <laughs> <laughs> is funny. And then Marissa called me and he said, uh, he goes, but no Academy nomination for, uh, for acting, for your acting. And I go, Marissa, yeah, I know. You, were, you, were, you, were, you were robbed. Yeah. You were robbed. robbed. I said, yeah, I was such a cop, they probably thought I was a cop. That's it. That's, <laughs> That's what it is. That's when you take it to the next That's level, Marissa. You're going to kick out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. What can you say about Brian Curry? Oh, thanks. Thanks. Oh, please, how about a hand for Bernardo, please? I love this guy. He's the best. He's the best. You're in the right place. You're in the right place, I guarantee you. Thank you for listening to the Actor's Guide to Success podcast. Now, before we say goodbye, please subscribe to our podcast and share that we exist. Go to our website at bernardhiller.com. And there you'll find 12 tips to how to succeed at auditions. I'm very happy to announce that several people have written to me and said, hey, it made a difference in me booking jobs, so don't wait another moment and download it. It's completely free. Now, if you have any other questions or subjects that you are interested in hearing about, please write me directly at podcast at bernardhiller.com. You've been listening to the Actor's Guide to Success podcast. And remember, the bigger the dream, the better the life. See you next time.